What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's convenient courses are helping me learn real-life conversation skills in Spanish. It's getting so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, or speak to merchants. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com SPP. That's right. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode of Smart People Podcast is supported by Sidekick by HubSpot. With Sidekick, you can get powerful contact insight right in your inbox. Sidekick seamlessly integrates with your email so you can receive live notifications when someone opens and clicks on your emails and schedule emails to be sent when you're offline. Go to GetSidekick.com slash smart people to get your first month of Sidekick for free. Try it out. Sidekick is awesome. And now, on to the show. The podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest, I don't understand that. As a man, I just, I don't get it. Welcome to smartpeoplepodcast.com. Welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy your curious mind. I'm Chris Stemp. Thanks for joining us. Another awesome episode. This one is really gets down to my core. It was a real treat, and it was one that I'm passionate about. So I'll talk about that in a minute. Before we do that, just want to say congratulations to our recent contest winners. As you may know, we were giving away three one-year subscriptions to Evernote Premium. And you had to be signed up for a newsletter to do that and to enter into that. And the three winners are Roger Berger, Amy Packard, and Jeff Wheeler. So thanks so much to all of you and congratulations to the winners. If you haven't heard from me, because I'm going to send out an email, uh, just shoot us an email, smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get you those free subscriptions to Evernote. Also, congratulations to Emily. Her Twitter is at Buzzbrook. 
She won our previous, just a couple weeks ago, contest. We were giving away a signed Goonies DVD signed by Chunk, a.k.a. Jeff Cohen. So congratulations to you. We are connecting on Twitter. I'll get that out to you. And to everyone, if you want to be part of these, we're trying to do them more. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Just sign up for the newsletter. That's where we kind of do any giveaways and instructions on how to do that. You can sign up at smartpeoplepodcast.com. There's a bunch of places. Look on the right-hand side. All right, enough of that. I want to get down to business. This week, we are interviewing Adrian Gostick. Adrian is a global thought leader on workplace strategy and the author of several successful books on employee engagement. Specifically, in this episode, we are talking about his recent book titled, What Motivates Me? Put Your Passions to Work. Now, let me tell you why I wanted to specifically have Adrian on this show. We get a lot of emails just about work and, you know, doing stuff you love. That's not all of it. That's not what this show is about. But that's why it was started. John and I just wanted to talk to a bunch of people from different industries and get their advice, but also learn what they do to see if anything resonated with us. Well, one of the things that I've come to realize is how difficult It can be to really feel like you're doing work that you should be or want to be doing. There's all types of different advice, you know, things like follow your passion or find your strengths or what did you enjoy as a kid? But what I love that Adrian does so well and his company is dedicated to it. His company, by the way, is called The Culture Works. You can find him at thecultureworks.com is he really says motivation is at the core of all this motivation what motivates you and and that was something that i missed early on in my life i didn't know what truly motivated me at first i thought it was money then maybe title or prestige then how my friends viewed me but until you know what actually motivates you you're not going to go out of your way to work hard and to be honest without working hard success is difficult to come by it just is All the 200 plus people I've interviewed, they've worked hard to get there. Nobody had it handed to them. Some of you are in jobs you love. I know we have CEOs, small business owners. You know, congratulations. I I really love the fact that you can wake up every morning and be enthused. But there's two things. One, a lot of people don't, and hopefully this episode can help. And two, I think it always helps to revisit your motivations. Maybe you're in a job that at one point uh, seemed like the right move and recently you've been kind of sluggish or you've hit that goal and now you're wondering what's next and it helps to reevaluate your motivators. Whatever it might be, I think you'll get a little bit of wisdom out of this. I hope you do. Feel free to let us know, smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. First and foremost, we really appreciate you guys spreading the word. We're still a small podcast in a big world trying to make our our mark, and we appreciate you being part of the community. Anything you can do to spread the word is just fantastic. Cue the music. Let's get into it. An interview with Adrian Gostick on What Motivates You. All right, Adrian, thank you so much for being on the show. And I just want to tell the listeners, I, I've i done, you know, 150 plus interviews. And this one is I'm most excited for. It's so true to my core and my heart. I can't wait to bring this to everybody. So again, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, Chris. Thanks. 
So uh, let's let's start off with, you know, you wrote this book recently and you've written a number of books prior to, but it's called What Motivates Me? Put Your Passions to Work. And I just wanted to get that out there because instantly I'm like, I know we're going to talk about the things that mean most to me and mean most to this audience. So I just wanted to get a quick, just brief overview. We'll dive in later, but why you wrote this book. You know, this is a very personal book. We've been writing books. Um, one of our previous books was The Carrot Principle. Uh, we wrote a book called All In. So we've been writing books, Chester Elton, my co-author and I, for the last 20 years. We've been researching workplace trends. Uh, but this one's very, very personal. We, about four years ago, uh, we began our own journey. We were working before then for a large corporation. You know, we liked our work, but we really weren't that. We were losing our motivation. There was something wrong. There was something was missing. And we read all the, you know, we were researchers on motivation. We'd read all the books, but there was something that just wasn't right. And, uh, you know, if you looked at our, you know, the typical drivers that people say you need in a job, we had interesting work, we had autonomy, we had mastery of our subject, and we had strong purpose, but we were miserable. So what we've realized is that all the, 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 the books out there, all the sort of the learnings on motivation didn't really fit us. The motivation is very personal. We ended up leaving our the organization, Chester Elton, my co-author and I, and forming a new company called The Culture Works. And we now work with organizations around the world. And we love our work because we have molded our work to fit our core motivators. And what we found in the research is that you can't say everybody is motivated by three things or five things. In fact, in our research, we found 23 different possibilities that could motivate people. Everything from creativity to empathy to developing others to money. And it just depends on the person. So it's highly personal. We realized we weren't really motivated. We weren't really happy, even though we had great jobs that paid well. And there was just something missing in our lives. So we began this, this journey of exploration and studying hundreds of thousands of people with, with some great research partners to figure out really what does drive people. Well, and you know, I'm so I'm so glad you brought this up, and I I love the way you just talked about it. You and I talked prior to recording that there's a lot of literature out there on the subject. The things you actually mentioned about motivation with the autonomy and mastery. I had the question written down about. I'm sure you're familiar with Dan Pink's book Drive, right? Yeah, and and you that's know, what he talks about in it. Right. But but the problem is, I, I know myself. I've followed that in a number of jobs I've had. I said, wait a second, I have autonomy. I'm very good at it. I still don't want to get out of bed four out of five days a week and the fifth day is a Friday. You know, so I love that you said, hey, that's not the only answer. Oh, absolutely. Now, you know, I'm not, I don't want to pick on anybody's work because from a 30,000 foot level, that's true. I mean, who isn't motivated by being good at what you do, having a strong purpose, working autonomously? Of course, those are great ideas. Um, but what we found is so many people in life have those in spades and they're miserable. We, we actually do our consulting uh, team does a lot of work with healthcare organizations. And so we go in, we survey these healthcare organizations, figure out where the discontent is and where we can work on and uh, which areas we can work on. And one of the strongest areas of discontent in most hospital systems is with a physician's group, the doctors. They are, in many cases, the biggest complainers. And now which group has more mastery, purpose, and autonomy than the physicians? Uh, you know, they obviously are good at what they do. They're masters of their domain. They have a very strong purpose. They're saving lives. They, work, they have more autonomy than a sultan. Nobody questions the doctor in a hospital. 
and yet they're miserable. And what's their number one complaint by a mile? Money. They, their compensation. These are, Many physicians are reward-driven. Now, they may not admit this overtly, but when they take our test, we find that they were driven to, to do what they do because money means a lot to them. And we're not saying they're greedy or materialistic or hedonistic. It's just what drives them. And so with that in mind, obviously these three drivers don't fulfill everybody. Now, there are lots of people working in those hospitals, though, that have different drivers. You know, they're builders, they're caregivers. Money doesn't mean as much to them. But these extrinsic motivators mean a lot. And unfortunately, it's a little too blanket to say intrinsic motivation is all that matters and these three motivators are what motivates everybody. Well, obviously that's not true because, you know, as I look, I know a little bit about you now, Chris, and you probably were very good at what you did when you were, worked mm. in finance. You're a master. You had a very strong purpose. You were helping people with their financial futures. You probably worked autonomously. Nobody was probably breathing down your neck, and yeah. yet you left. You yeah. weren't happy. Absolutely. It, it, it's crazy, too. I'll tell you, one of the things, man, I, it just, I get so excited on this stuff. You mentioned how um, the physicians were, were driven by money, and not that it's a bad thing at all. Definitely not passing judgment, but... I am so far from money motivated, yet that's why I went into finance. And only now do I realize, man, that might have been an issue. So so I helped found a nonprofit, been doing that for a long time. It's the farthest thing from the monetary reward, yet I, I love it. It's not at the top of my list. But I think, especially talking to you about this, it took me forever to realize how different we are and that I would look at my friends who were accountants and who were consultants. They, they work 10 hours a day. They love the paycheck. And I was just so worried that I should be like them that I forced myself into that as opposed to, to just say, look, that doesn't have to be how you live. Absolutely. And in, in what motivates me, um, like StrengthsFinder or Emotional Intelligence 2.0, there is an online assessment that you take. This was built uh, by, um, we had a team of psychologists and psychometricians who built this for us. There's more than 100 questions that we ask you to help you figure out really what does motivate you in life. This is this is actually more scientifically valid, our assessment, than StrengthsFinder, which has been taken by 4 million people. So, so we've got a really rock-solid uh, assessment. When you, take, when you buy the book, you get this assessment, and it'll spit out for you your motivators from 1 to 23. Now, I'm guessing money's going to fall pretty low on your list. Now, that doesn't mean it's not important to you at all. But it's more of the, you know, the ticket into the game. It doesn't, but it's not going to drive you to, to, to do great things. What we're probably, you know, with, you know, knowing a little bit about it, you know, you're probably driven by purpose and developing others and, you know, and, and doing something a little bit, you know, that has impact and creativity and variety. So you're right. One of the myths we found in, um, in this, all this work on motivation is that there's the myth of climbing the corporate ladder. Everybody wants to climb the corporate ladder, right? And we find that that's not really true. Some people do. Some people want to grow and they're driven by achieving and, and rewards and, and recognition and what have you. And others aren't. They're driven by different things like their families and, and sharing time or friends or you know, working with a team that they love. And, and, and there's so many different drivers that drive people. And as you said, Chris, yeah, we are all individual to a greater degree than many experts will admit. There's so many places I want to go with that. I mean, first, 
Okay, you mentioned these tests, and I love the tests. I know I'm talking to so many people who just devour them, and I've personally done them. You know, Strengths Finder. Um, actually, Sally Hogshead just came up with one. You know, find your um, what is it? it's your unique. You know, something that makes you unique. I've I've spent up to like twelve hundred dollars. I took a a two day intensive course where they give you this thing. I mean, half of it or more than half just to learn, and the yeah. other half is I wanted answers and. I've always wondered, have you found these tests to be extremely useful or is it just a stalling tactic for people to say, oh, if I keep trying to figure out, eventually the answer will, somebody will tell me the answer. Right. And, and by the way, and, and that's, a, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things that will, you know, with the book, by the way, the book's 15 bucks on Amazon. So you get the test free. So yeah. but thankfully, it's a really cheap way to figure out who you are. But I, but I agree with you that, um, you know, we're sort of looking for somebody to, to tell us. Now, what, with, with what, what makes me and the, uh, the assessment, yeah, you're going to plug in who you are and and you have to take it with being very honest. You know, don't try and fake your way through it. It's very hard to with all these questions anyway. But if you take it honestly and you think about your business life, not your personal life, it's going to spit out what really drives you at work. Now, with that said, the question is then what do you do with that? Because we're, I'm not going to tell you, oh, you should become a forest ranger. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's pretty stupid. But what I can do is in the book, you know, we actually, um, we turned the book into our editor and she sent it back and she said, you know, the book's great. She says, but there's nothing that tells me what do I do next. And so from that, we've created a whole section in the book that are the exercises that you go through that help you either sculpt your work or figure out what you should be doing with your life. And the exercises will, will take you through, they will, they'll figure, you know, we'll start with asking you, tell me about your best job you've ever had. And we start, I try to identify some of the elements that were in there. And we start linking them up with your motivations. Then we start looking at your current job. What is and isn't motivating? Are there things you can add, alter, or transfer about that job? And there's some real people in the book that have taken this, that we've used their examples. Um, one young guy who's in his early 30s who's in the uh, oil and gas industry. And as he went through it, you see the transformation that's happening to him as he's starting to pinpoint the areas of his job that are satisfying and those that are frustrating him. And he's able to, to move a few things around, add a few things that will be motivating to him because you're right. You know, you have to do a little work and the world will promise you, hey, I will tell you what your problems are. We're all looking for simplicity. It's these three things. If you have these three things, you'll be motivated. And what we're saying is, no, you're going to have to do a little work here. It's a couple hours of work where you're going to go through these exercises and then you're going to figure out yeah, where you might be more more fulfilled in in your life. And uh, again, I mean, I know we mentioned the book, What Motivates Me, but real quick, um, is the test included in that book or is it on yeah. a website? So it's yeah, with what, the book. Yeah, there's the, like in the Strengths Finder, you rip open the, the, the you know the, the code in the back and and it takes you to the website. You 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 know you do a hundred questions online assessment. It takes about fifteen minutes, and at that point, you have your report immediately generated that will tell you. Here are your top seven motivators, and then the rest of them are listed in from order from one to 23, because I think it's not only interesting to see my top seven motivators, but also my bottom three motivators, too. Um, for me, creativity is number one for me, and other ideas like learning and, and ownership and variety, so lots of interesting thinker ideas up there. 
Um, my bottom three are teamwork, empathy, and social responsibility. Wow. So, I mean, that's just who I am. I mean, you know, I like to work more autonomously. I like to, um, or with a client, but one-on-one, you know, empathy, I'm, I used to be a manager of people, but it was something that I had to make sure I was being empathetic because it doesn't come naturally to me. Huh. And so, so it'll, I think that's really interesting. Now, one of the other things the assessment does too is we did what's called a factor analysis with those 23 motivators. And our, our behavioral scientists plugged all those in to their database and we were idea- able to clump them into, because 23 is a big number, we wanted to identify are there three or four or five sort of identities that people could be. And what we found was it does, the data does clump into five different groupings, if you will, of people. And uh, the motivators fall underneath each. Um, the first group are achievers. You know, these people are driven by challenge and pressure and problem solving. The next group are builders, and they're de- they love to develop others. Friendship is important to them, purpose, service, teamwork. I would guess you are more of a builder, Chris, just guessing. Yeah. Um, Caregivers are next. These people are very empathetic. Family is important to them. Fun at work is important to them. And actually, it's the, the caregivers are the largest group of people that we found. The next are the reward-driven people. These are your associates back when you were in finance. They were driven by money and prestige and recognition. Um, it's an often misunderstood group because people think, oh, they're, it's, all about, you know, it's all about greed. It's all about hedonistic kind of behavior. Um, and especially people who are not reward driven, they just don't understand why anybody would be driven by money, but some people are. And, um, then in the last group are the thinkers. These are very creative people. Uh, they, they want to make a big impact. It's all about learning and variety. I'm guessing you're probably a little bit of a thinker too. Uh, though, you know, I don't have your test results. But, <laughs> well, I'm going to have them as soon, 10 or 20 minutes after the show. I'm going to have them. <laughs> okay, send me your results. I'd I will. To, I'll send you mine. It'll Absolutely. Be, it'll be really interesting. Now let's take a break for a message from our sponsor this week. Our episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash smart people. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash smart people. Lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. And we think that's you. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn how to negotiate, learn how to build a website, boost your Photoshop skills, go to lynda.com slash smart people and feed that curious mind. Some of the courses I recommend are Going Paperless, Start to Finish, Income Tax Fundamentals, although we might have missed that, you can always use it next year, and Growth Hacking Fundamentals. Everybody wants to hack, why not grow faster? With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts, stream thousands of videos, and learn at your own pace. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something, I want you to visit lynda.com slash smart people and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash smart people. Now back to the show. Yeah, I, I love these things. And actually, I, I you know read up on it and I saw the achievers, builders, caregivers, reward-driven, and thinkers. Um, and I thought, wow, that does cover a lot of ground. 
And then I realized, okay, so again, I've, I've done similar types of things before. I absolutely love them. I know a bunch of people have done them. And then what happens oftentimes is we get these and they can be spot on. And then, as you mentioned, we go, all right, how do I, how do I incorporate that into a job and make money? Because here's yeah. the, here's the reality of it. Most people taking these are in a job that they dislike. But they're in that job for a reason, right? They they need the security, the safety, the they feel they need the prestige, their parents told them to go there, whatever it is. So leaving it without a clear path or definitive, you know, goal is is really tough. So yeah. walk me through how you because you could say, Chris, you're a builder, and I know I am. I can guarantee you I love building things from the ground up, and especially when it's with people, teamwork, huge. But yeah. it took me a long time to integrate that into my life. And I'm wondering how, how would we tell other people to do that? Yeah. I mean, that's a sort of a big question because, you know, there's a few things that fall into that and it's a great question. You know, the first idea is we would always, always say, try to sculpt first within your job. And one of the terms that we, we fall out in the book is this idea of job sculpting. The many of the people we interviewed, and we interviewed thousands of people for this, uh, for the work and what motivates me, most of the people who were the happiest at work didn't have this dream job that they, you know, all of a sudden stumbled upon. You know, somebody calls them up and says, hey, we want you to be the, you know, new photographer for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit calendar. You know, <laughs> that doesn't happen. What we found, most people who have the, who have the happiest lives at work they, they've sculpted their jobs over time. They've proved themselves. They've come in early. They've stayed late. Their boss needs them and wants them. And they go into their boss and say, you know what? I would be, I'd love to make presentations. Is there something I could do in my work to bring a little of this in? I love the variety and the fun and the impact of, of making a presentation in front of a group. And the boss says, yeah, we don't do anything like that here. Uh, and the, the employee keeps going, well, what about this? And what about this? And the boss finally starts opening up and realizing, Okay, maybe there's something we could do to help this person be a little bit more motivated. So we always say, you know, try to make, try to sculpt where you are before you leave, before you jump, because, you know, there, you know, most of the time the grass is really not greener on the other side of the fence. Now, with that said, um, there certainly are a lot of people who are just sort of going through the motions in their work lives, and you know that more than anyone. Um, there are people who just sort of, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're robots at work. And that's not helping their companies. It's not helping them. And it's not helping their customers. And so, you know, sometimes bosses get a little nervous about this idea of, you know, somebody reading a book like this. But, you know, if your employee is miserable, uh, it's not a good thing to have on your team. So they need to find their way. So, so in most cases, people can sculpt. But if they can't, and if you are miscast, then it is probably time to try something new. And in the book, we actually have a, a chapter on, we call it embarking on a hero's journey. And, you know, it's, it's like thinking about, you know, Katniss Everdeen in, uh, in the Hunger Games, mm -hmm. you know, or, or Frodo. You know, every hero in history has followed the same sort of path. They, you know, they realize there's, there's a need for change. There's a call to action. They have to take a leap into the unknown. They, they use mentors. There are tests that come, come upon them, and they learn lessons along the way. And eventually, they come back to this point where they're back in their, their known world, but it's a better world because they've, they've gained a skill or, or they're changed. And, and likewise, as we jump and make that leap, too, when we have realized we've got to do something different with our lives, 
there's this process that we go through. Sometimes it takes a long time. You know, it can take a, a couple of years to retrain ourselves, to, uh, to find the mentors that will help us along our way. And mentors are so important. Um, to go through those tests and challenges. We may, we may go back to school. We may, we may uh, you know, start working you know, on our part-time to learn the new skill. But eventually, what we're going to be doing feels, feels new, but it's going to feel better because we've finally aligned our work with our motivation. So, you know, sometimes we have to take those risks in our lives and realize, you know, we've got to leap, we've got to jump. You know, that honestly was pure gold. And I say that because you basically defined, you know, the, the 10 plus years uh, since when I graduated college. And I know that when people can articulate it in the way that I actually feel myself going through my life curve, that it's the same thing for a lot of other people in this journey. And it's that idea of first, I wish somebody would have said, look, you have to put in some time. It's not overnight. The people that are successful, you can't be aiming for them right off the bat. So, you know, in that job you're in or uh, wherever situation, definitely make, you know, start making uh, your work towards that goal. But it's not this huge leap. It's never this, you know, I really hated the phrase when, when people say, oh, you know, jump off the cliff and, and build your wings on the way down <laughs> because it's not really true. It's too terrifying. So then we had somebody on one time that said, you know, build a bridge, you know, yeah. and, and that's what I did. I was I was in a big corporation. I said, I think I want to work for myself, but that's a huge jump. So let's go a little smaller. So I'm at midsize. Then I said, let's go real small and, and help start a nonprofit with a few people. And eventually I said, all right, I'm ready to do this on my own and started my coaching and speaking. And I think that Again, it's such a long journey, but now I have something to talk about, and I understand when people say, "Hey, this is what I'm going through." Absolutely, nobody ever said this is easy. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, well, you know what we uh, what we find is that, and we talked about this a little bit before we we began, is that look, it's not just about doing what you love too, because, you know, you may love, uh, you know, dancing, uh, you know, but you'll never be a professional dancer. Um, you know, I love playing hockey, but I'll never play in the NHL. Um, so my passions cannot just be what I do if there's not, if I, if I'm not good enough to do it professionally, or if I'm not able to find work in this field yet, then again, uh, I can't just be chasing my strengths because strengths may hold me hostage. We have a great story in the book about Andre Agassi, who who became one of the greatest tennis players in the world, all the time hating tennis, despising it. Uh, but his dad made him become a great tennis player. Now, uh, you know, it wasn't till later in his life when he started a foundation that helped others that he started to realize life can be fun again. And uh, and so sometimes we get kind of pigeonholed by our strengths. What we're talking about here is you can't just look at your strengths or personality and you can't just look at your motivators. You've got to bring the two to get all of them together to figure out, okay, here's what I'm good at and here's what I love to do. Can I start to figure out where a career could be or how I could sculpt my career I'm in to do a little bit of more of what uh, I love to do and a little less of what frustrates me? Um, in the back of the book, actually, we have uh, 60 ideas organized by the identities just to help people figure out how they can enhance their value and accomplish more with that identity. So if I'm a builder, how I can, how I can do more that would make me feel fulfilled. But also an important point, too, is we give people 
tips too on how to address blind spots and potential conflicts because you know if you're a builder just as you started talking about the reward driven you didn't really you don't really understand them you know and i'm i'm a thinker and i have a little reward driven in me so i'm i'm working with a caregiver and i'm going why are you spending all day talking to people come on let's get something done that's amazing that's, and, it's and, just so funny cuz that i i'd be the guy talking to people and you'd be like come <laughs> on man let's go <laughs> But as we start understanding each other, you know, if we're working together, who am I going to send to work, you know, like work a conference and bring back great leads and, and, and create connections with people? Obviously, sure. it would be you. Yeah. And who would you assign to come up with the next big idea? Probably me because I like working autonomously and I love creativity and learning. So we could work together really well yep. if we understand each other a little bit better. And I think actually that is is something that I've seen a little bit of a shift recently, and I, I'm so excited that companies, especially the progressive ones, are understanding that, that having those differences and supporting them as opposed to trying to have everybody fit in the box is actually much more beneficial. The smart companies are doing that because you need all those types of peoples, even within similar roles. Absolutely. And it's not just about, because sometimes we'll take DISC or Myers-Briggs, and they're great. Um, they'll tell us who we are, but they don't really tell us what we love to do. So imagine taking a, you know, a team taking a test that says, okay, I know that Chris is a real builder. And so, you know, who am I going to look to for my next, you know, leader of this organization? Because he loves developing others. He's, he's all about social responsibility and service and purpose. Probably could be a great leader here. Um, and I look at Dan and I go, boy, Dan's so reward driven. He's all about hitting the goal and, you know, who's going to, who, who do we, you know, send to, you know, focus on our sales goals, something like that, because he's going to thrive with that and love doing it. And so, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, we still have managers who think, look, I, I write the paychecks out. They do what I ask them to do. And we've got work to do here. And I don't have time to be, uh, you know, focusing on people's motivators or this, that, the other. And what the answer is, is you don't have time not to do this because this is where people will give you all their energy all their passion if we start worrying about a few little things about what, what they could do that, that would get them more engaged. I read a great quote in the Harvard Business Review recently. Uh, they were talking about Google. One of the uh, engineering managers said, he says, you know, I figured this out about our engineers here at Google. He said, uh, they hate being micromanaged except in their careers. <sighs> he says, there we cannot manage them closely enough. And wow. You know, as managers, this is one thing we actually have control over. You can't give people bigger salaries. You can't give them, you know, grand, you know, titles, this, that, and the other. But what you can do is give them a few assignments that they find motivating. And now a word from one of this week's sponsors. We are sponsored once again by Igloo. Thank you so much, Igloo, for supporting Smart People Podcast. Listen up, everyone. You really do need to check out Igloo. Igloo is an intranet you'll actually like. It's a cloud platform that can help you do your best work. Share files, blog updates, coordinate calendars, and manage projects. Everything you need to do within your team, you can do on Igloo. It's easy to use and easy to configure, even for the most non-technical of users. And it's built using responsive design, which means that everything you can do at your desk, you can now do on the go on your phone or tablet. The responsive design is meant to look great on all your devices. Whether you're a large enterprise stuck using SharePoint or a fast-growing business overwhelmed by apps, create an intranet that matches your brand's look and feel, simplifies how you work, and is accessible on your phone. 
Check it out today. Chris and I use it for Smart People Podcast, and it's absolutely fantastic to have all our files in one place, all the information that we need. It sits within our own personal intranet. It's amazing not having to rifle through emails or files and folders cluttered on different computers. Give Igloo a shot and see what it can do for you. Sign up now and try it out for free at igloosoftware.com slash smartpeople. That's igloosoftware.com slash smartpeople. Sign up today and invite up to 10 of your favorite coworkers to try it with you. And now back to the show. You know, one of the things you said there that I love is kind of how a lot of the Myers-Briggs, they help you know yourself, but you still might not know what you want to do or what motivates you. And I think the, especially what makes your idea and your test and your book a little different is that it covers the motivation as opposed to just who you are. And the reason I think it's important to have both of those for sure is that I think many of us have often lost the ability to truly understand ourselves because we're no longer encouraged to really dig past a surface level. So it's like, you know, okay, you go to college. I heard this interesting stat that um, almost, I think it was like one out of 10 college freshmen know what a consultant is. And uh, nine out of 10 juniors know what a consultant is because that's the people going to the university saying, hey, t- here's this amazing job. Here's all this stuff. So nobody really says, wait a second, like, let's look at you as a person. Like, what did you like as a child? What do you like now? How have you changed? How do you deal with this? And I think acting on purpose and, and looking into yourself and what you want to bring to the world, I just wish it was more of a focus early on because I, I see it time and time again at 24, 25, 30, 30 plus. That's when you realize it. And, and I love what you're saying, too, about that uh, as we understand ourselves, one thing we found in the research that was a little surprising to us is that motivation changes throughout our lives, unlike our personalities. Our personalities pretty much are set by the time you're six or seven years old. You are who you are. Uh, your strengths are fairly you know, fairly consistent throughout your life. It doesn't mean that you can't get stronger at something, but your strengths are your strengths pretty much. But your motivation certainly will change. I'm just, you know, looking back at your life, probably when you graduated from college to today, your motivations are different. Sure. Um, you've, you've realized more about yourself, but when your first kid comes along, when you get married, when people go through a life-changing experience of maybe it's a divorce or getting fired from a job, as people near their near retirement, motivations change in life. And one thing that's really interesting in, in our assessment, I had a fellow take it recently, and he said to me, he says, uh, he says, you know, I would have sworn, I would have bet a thousand bucks that I was an achiever and reward driven. He says, I've always wanted to sort of climb the corporate ladder and and you know excel. He says, but I I took the test and it spit back that I was a builder and a caregiver. And, and he says, I started thinking about it. You know, he says, I'm, I'm in my now mid-50s. The kids have moved away from the house. Um, really, I says, I really don't care, I guess, about, you know, climbing the corporate ladder anymore. He says, but I've, I've been working with some inner city kids on getting them through the, you know, through the ages of, of uh, you know, all the troubles they're facing. He says, I've been coaching some, you know, he's been part-time coaching and stuff. He says, I love that. He says, I started thinking about it. He goes, I am more of a builder and a caregiver now. He says, this is who I've become. But we don't realize sometimes in the in the thick of our frenetic pace in life that we're changing and we're evolving. 
And so that's been really fun to see people sort of realize the ahas that come as they, as they take the assessment and they go, yeah, that, it knew me better than I knew myself because I, I was refusing to see that. But now that I know that, I can, I can start sculpting my job a little bit. And, and what this fellow did, he said, look, I realized I'm more of a builder now. And he started, he started to take on mentoring as he's, he's started working with younger people in his organization to help them get where he's, he is. And he says, I do it after my five o'clock job ends. I, these people come into my office. And he says, it's so much more fulfilling to me. And he says, I don't get paid for it. It's, you know, it's not part of my job, though the bosses do love that I'm doing this. Um, he says, it's just something that I feel like you know, I can give back. Yeah, the the idea of change and accepting it and really actually uh, thinking about it, you know, purposely is so huge because people don't tell you that, right? When when you're younger, you you go to your guidance counselor or you do, you know you talk to your parents, or your friends, and you say, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what people tell me they like, and blah blah. blah. I'm going to do that. And uh, I think, as you mentioned, very quickly, very very quickly, within six months, sometimes. Uh, things can change and that no longer means anything. And unless you're paying attention to that, uh, you'll be in that place where you go, man, I swear this was my gig. Uh, what happened? And yeah. so I just, you know, the fact that uh, we, you specifically are encouraging that is huge. Yeah. And you're right. It's, you know, we talk about change a lot in business, but it's more, it's change that's thrust upon us. It's, you know, we, we tell employees, you know, as I work with managers, look, they, you know, you've got to deal with change. You know, the, the economy's changing, the, our products are changing, whatever. But this is different. This is change that comes from within. And you're exactly right, is that something is happening to us. And like you say, it could happen as little as six months, where all of a sudden I'm starting to do this outside of work, or this has happened to me inside of work, and something is changing in me. And it's okay. It's okay to have that in our lives because if we keep sticking to our, no, this is what motivates me. I'm motivated by, you know, uh, by pressure and I love, I love to, you know, solve problems and I'm an achiever and you don't realize that, you know, you may be changing. There's something that is frustrating you in your career, but, but you're not able to put your finger on it if you're not a little introspective. Yeah. So I know we're, we're uh, coming up on time here. I wanted to ask you, and we've kind of touched on it in different ways, but maybe to put it in a little bow and, and wrap it up. Um, so, okay, people listening say they're, they're in a job and they go, man, it's just not for me. I have to do it for a number of reasons, and people definitely have to make a paycheck and do all that. I get that. Um, so they go, they get your book and they take the test. They learn something. What's next? Like what, what, how do we get past that place where I feel like a lot of people stumble? They say, Oh, I know now about myself and I'm, that's all I know. I'm too scared to, to keep going. That fear has a, a hold of me. Right. And what, what we, in the, uh, in what motivates me, <clears throat> there are sections in here that where we, we talk about the characteristics of say, you know, a builder or a thinker. Uh, but we also we we give them a couple of pages about where where people who are achievers thrive, the environments that they could find themselves that that they really would thrive in. We also give a lot of examples of real people, um, because one of the one of the one of the unique aspects that we found in our research is that nobody is a single type. And you know sometimes with Myers Briggs or 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 DISC or other assessments that are great, but they'll say you are this. And what we found is that nobody is a single one type of identity. You know, for instance, I'm a thinker, but I got a lot of reward driven in me and a lot of achiever in me. You know, we are this blend of, of 
of of uh, identities and motivators that make us unique. So you know, if somebody is challenge and pressure and ownership driven, uh, but they're not at all money driven, then they shouldn't probably go into finance. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. But they probably could find other things to do that would that would lead them to happiness in their careers. So what we do in the back of the book is, you know, it's the back, it's the last 200 pages or 150 pages, is we list a lot of things that will challenge you to think about, you know, right now, how can you do more and accomplish more as, as an achiever, as a builder, etc. And they're just ideas that we've learned through all of our years of research and, and consulting with organizations that say, look, these are things that the happiest people we have found who are caregivers do. And here's some cautions, things that caregivers need to be careful of if they want to thrive in a corporate environment and ways they interact with people, et cetera. So, so you're right. It, 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 it's a process that people begin. We recommend, you know, don't jump without a safety net. Always think care, very carefully about your career, where are you going to go next. Uh, do the research, get the education, do whatever you can to invest in yourself. But take a little time with this. You know, there's nothing worse than... You know, then, then when Sunday night comes and you have the Sunday night dreads of going into work, you know, our, our hope for everybody is that, you know, you spend your time on this little blue planet happily and that you find work that gives you fulfillment. We spend more time at work than we do at home with our families or our friends. So make sure it's something that you love to do and something you're good at and something where there is actual, you know, career opportunities for you. When that happens, and it does happen for a lot of lot of people, yeah. Uh, and I'm oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah. And the the other thing that that I just couldn't help, but it's coming out of me is, you know, make small steps in the direction you want to go, and things do happen. You can call it fate, or you can call it whatever. I, I personally think it's, you know, it's as you take those steps, you open up your own opportunities. But even tiny ones, talk to the right people or talk to anybody. Or if you want to start something, just start it on the side. I started this podcast from a closet four years ago. You know what I mean? And and now I've, I've it's it's taken me places I couldn't imagine. So just just start, you know, first step. <laughs> Love it. That's that's excellent advice, Chris. Love it. So, in your opinion, what does it mean to thrive? You know the this is you know a way to put it all into one nutshell is the happiest people we have found have happiness in their jobs. In fact, uh, the research shows if you are fulfilled in your work, you are 150% more likely to be happier in your personal life as well. And we all know this. So when people thrive it, with the regard to motivation, they're doing things that they love, but they're also feeling like they make a difference every day and that their work matters. And that at the end of the day, they're not just cashing a paycheck. They're making a difference in the world around them. Please tell us, where can we uh, learn more about you, what you do? I know you have a company called The Culture Works and, and uh, where we can get your book. We're going to link to that on, on the website. But you know, where would uh, you recommend people find you? Well, uh, thanks, Chris. Yeah, we're at thecultureworks.com, so I'd love to have you check out our website. The book's available wherever fine books are sold, and, uh, you know, the more you buy, the more you'll have. So so there you go. I love it. Well, Adrian, again, thank you so much for being generous with your time, and I truly appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Chris. It's been a delight. Appreciate Absolutely. it. All right. Have a great one. 
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Adrian Gostick. You should definitely know the drill by now, but if you don't, you can find his book, What Motivates Me, Put Your Passions to Work, at your local bookstore and on Amazon. If you decide to pick up What Motivates Me on Amazon, please make sure you use Smart People Podcasts. Amazon link located at smartpeoplepodcast.com slash Amazon. Every purchase you make through the Smart People Podcast Amazon link sends a nice little kickback our way at no cost to you. While it's a small kickback, all those purchases add up and it's a huge help to the show. So thank you so much if you've ever used our link or if you ever plan on using it in the future. If you need to reach out to the show to leave a comment, suggestion, some feedback, whatever it is, please shoot us a message at smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter at smartpeoplepod. We love having conversations on Twitter, so don't be shy. Send those tweets our way. Make sure you stay tuned to all things Smart People Podcast. Head over to smartpeoplepodcast.com to stay in the loop. We've got some great episodes coming up, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I wanted to take a minute to say thank you to Igloo for sponsoring this week's episode of Smart People Podcast. Igloo is an intranet you'll actually like. It gives you the flexibility to get your work done how you want, where you want, and on whatever device you want. It's built with easy-to-use apps like file sharing, calendars, social news feeds, and task management. Igloo is the cloud platform that can help you do your best work. Get your free trial today at igloosoftware.com slash smart people and invite up to 10 of your favorite coworkers. Don't forget that's igloosoftware.com slash smart people.